This presentation is from Design Research 2018, held in Melbourne. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. All right. There have been a couple of themes, I think, emerging through the course of today. This talk is a departure from those themes. Please join me in welcoming Carlos to the stage to talk about collaborative design. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you. All right. Uh, can you hear me? All right, everyone? All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, today, I would like to talk about collaborative design for data driving projects. It's two terms that are really uh, well exploring research area, but in design, may be useful to look at what we found in this five years project. Um, well, my name is Carlos Preto, and while some people say that I made a wrong decision in my life at doing a PhD, I'm almost finishing, but this is part of some results that I have found. Uh, I'm interested in human data interaction and how, us, uh, how humans interact with what they think is data, how they use data, read, comprehend, and analyze what they see. There is a distinction between using data and making this information, and new designs and new products using lots of data to get new features uh, are starting to lose the fine line between this is what we uh, define as information for you, and this is what we say you may understand. And um, I work at UTS. Uh, before working in UTS, I used to do consulting for some traveling companies like Booking.com, Kayak, and uh, Mexican government for financing. And before this, I used to um, work with huge amounts of data that I cannot talk too much about it. But to not breach my non-disclosure agreement, let's say that when I say the traveling company, you know which company it is, all right? So it's that company that is blue in the icon. Uh, <laughs> and I won't say the name, right? First, um, I found this quote really interesting for me. It is a reminder that companies can afford to not use data for their product right now. When we talk about using data, we think about collecting any sort of information that is relevant for you and your design. As designers, we usually collect lots of mostly qualitative data to keep going with our process. And the company collects a lot of quantitative data, which things may be useful also for the design process. The problem is when you give a designer uh, two terabytes of tracking information from the user, you're, you're playing with something that you may not find something interesting. First of all, you can just say, this is the information that we have Please do an analyze and give me a report by the next week. And we found some projects that are running like that. We force people into do reports, and people are not actually really good at writing, or not actually at do the finding stuff. So collaboration makes sense in this case. If you collect, I make sense of this, and we report. If we report, we want to do something useful with it and not ending up with lots of documentation as the uh, going from uh, traditional methodologies. Now, this company, uh, back in the days, wanted to implement the same platform for Latin America 
and using only a translation in Spanish. So they thought that it was a good idea to just translate every label button and text on the field and just deploy it. First, they run for two weeks with the English version. Turns out that not many people in Latin America are really good with English. So they end up with using a similar uh, product, which was completely in Spanish, but it wasn't that good. Uh, after two weeks, we started to, f to see some small difference between the new version in Spanish and the English version. How do we know that it was the, this change uh, very particular in certain countries? Well, only one country had this particular problem. After deploying the first version, we started to lose uh, confirmations on requests from Chile. They say, well, they speak Spanish. Uh, maybe we have a problem with uh, marketing. Maybe we have a problem with, is it running? So we asked the engineers if we actually are not running any static version and the buttons are not working. So each department started to make any comments that it may be this, it may be that. But we didn't have any evidence to say where was the problem. And as a company uh, this big, you can't just go page by page looking for specific issues. You have to do it for uh, uh, more than 100,000 specific pages for each one of those sites that they are selling. So it's not a human task. You can ask a designer. If you do usability test, you will need like three or four different profiles, 100 people. You can apply the five people rule that you will get the same data after five people. It doesn't work. You need data on your side. And how do we do that? Well, they talk about bringing a new concept. This is just common. But everything was being named data inside. Let's use big data. They didn't have a data scientist. They have mathematicians, people with backgrounds in statistics. But they talk that they could, if they can do mathematics, they can design this stuff. So let's put them together in a team. Let's see if we come out with a problem. Um, after a week uh, working with people from different departments, we came out with this particular form, which was a new addition that you can make a payment without going into details on the place. So you can pay wherever time you feel you're ready to do it. If you can see more details, you can find a bigger detailed version of the form. The thing is that this is really good with uh, in our country in the United States, and it helped to increase the sales on that stuff. And they say, well, some people say that after I started to pay, uh, lots of people wanted their money back because they didn't read the details. Some of the places didn't have information about the not having Wi-Fi. So they wanted to cancel from the same farm. And this is a huge problem when you're working with Lots of pages that only um, show you this version, and the other version, the old version, didn't have a cancel button. So what they did is to first test these two buttons in Spanish. Because what we got from data, it was that this form is when our trace on activity was cut. Now, if you translate cancel and cancelar in Spanish, you can see that you don't even have to learn Spanish to understand that. This one is to pay. Even the colors are standard. 
And the other one, you just to go back. Just don't do it. A standard design helps to, to people to see which button should I click. Now, we didn't know this, but when you translate that for uh, Chile and Spanish, cancel means that you pay a debt. So payment and cancel a debt are the same stuff. So some people, when they say, I have to cancel my debt, it's I have to pay. You pay your debt, you don't have it anymore. So <laughs> cancelar, it was the same as pay. It just one was blue, and the other <laughs> one was gray. I say, some people sometimes in data showing that they used to do the cursor uh, between the two buttons. Because they were not sure about this. Uh, these 10% of people not doing the booking, they were really frustrated that I filled the details, I did everything you told me, but when I, have, when I want to cancel my debt, I just go, have to go back and fill everything around. So this took like two weeks to find this particular form of a really huge platform like that. Now, the thing that we found uh, interesting in this approach is that we can use data to start finding design problems, but we have to be sure what are we looking for. If we don't understand what sort of data are we getting and what can we do with it, some, uh, some companies will request something like minority report dashboards that you're not able to do because they understand that if you have the data, you can use it. But that's not true. This is the standard uh, um, design process that we have seen today in, in many talks. Um, we never try to mess up with what design teams have in their own consultancies. Their own teams have their own organization. They have their own designers and everything. So we work with them to find specific problems using uh, algorithm analysis. And uh, what we found is that the particular design process that they were using, which is a, a, a standard approach on the 5Ds or design thinking for of, of, uh, design, is that they actually don't store as information about the design process. One example it is the post-its. When they do car sorting with the post-its, after trying to make a decision, they use the voting system. Just place one vote that you find that this idea is the most interesting one. And some people that were really good at identifying problems, they are not really good at being social with other people, so their ideas were never voted. And if you can actually work in all those ideas, you actually keep the three main ones. And everything else is discarded after the first or two iterations. When a product is that big, you run 100, two, three, five years of the same product that you start to lose a side of, which version is that? Do we have a GitHub for design or some stuff? They start to make the same mistakes after three years. And we found that because we made the same mistake of rolling the same version with the same cancel our button in that particular thing two years after uh, making that mistake. We found that because we lost 8% of those bookings in the same way that we did three years ago. How is this possible? Well, organizations change people around. They move people from different teams, and people carry around their information. That was the guy who was in there. And only one guy 
was uh, at the same time as we did the first uh, test. So these people were making the same mistakes and we never had any data to give to them. They were just using a different design uh, approach. Now we gave them something that we called the, the data analytics pipe, which is a form of repository where they drag data from past iterations and make the next decisions. So they don't have to reconcile what they found in the beginning. Or they can take the same data and make a different analysis. The same data can be viewed in different ways depending on the researcher that is getting access to it. Two people can see at the same data and identify different things. In this case, uh, working with people in marketing was a huge problem because they wanted to spend all the money in campaigns and <laughs> usability tests. And uh, people who wanted to draw uh, another set of iterations, uh, they couldn't able to afford a, a data scientist, uh, someone specialized in dashboard design. Now, we got this problem also when um, with a particular new version on Facebook. We tried to make this case for Australia government about the policies that Facebook can track any of your data or you can request your data so you are the owner of that. There's still a fight between the, the our university and to make this policy a, a law for each company to do that. Uh, the thing is, if we remember, Facebook started as a product that does not rely on data and now it's completely a uh, systematic way to harvest as much data you have and sell those data, and that's the actual benefit for them. For common uh, users, that doesn't matter, I'm getting a free product. Uh, the thing is that now, after three years of implementing the last algorithm and deep learning, not even Facebook can understand how the ad policy runs. Sometimes they have this, like, they call false positive, where you're getting run ads presented to you, and sometimes you're getting completely relevant ads that is from data uh, tracked from your browsing history. Sometimes it's really funny, something like this, like people uh, not understanding how, uh, how their browsing history actually drives their experience in Facebook. And this was a huge problem with, uh, when in the past elections in the United States. It's how this data was being used as a product for uh, campaign resources. So many people who were against Donald Trump weren't getting actually uh, ads to go and vote against, uh, even if you don't like Hillary Clinton, just to vote against Donald Trump. And people were getting fake news and this sort of information. And Facebook say that it's not their own fault. It is the algorithm. Only a team of engineers who designed the first version of the algorithm understand how the iterations change the uh, interest from the user. Now that the new team is in, you can redo Facebook. You have to continue to reiterate, create may maybe different rules over the algorithm that already exists. And that's a problem. We can roll back, but we just have to plan in the future how data should not run our design process. Sometimes it's really sad, like two years ago, uh, you had a Georgian review and it was in the New York Times. 
how people who got uh, uh, who lost uh, uh, family during the year were getting pictures from this. This is, was a huge case with us. This guy lost his daughter to cancer treatment, and the first thing that he saw during his year on review was a lot of pictures of his daughter. And he said, it's not our fault. It is the algorithm. Those were the most voted pictures of the year. What's the problem with this is that the algorithm does not recognize context on when to submit something or when to show something relevant. We think that with machines we can recognize uh, behavior, we can recognize what are the intentions when you are clicking on something. But we can't actually do it, but we pretend that we can. This is a huge case, which is the Compass software platform. Let's retake that example with one to report, which was the main inspiration for this. Compass is a system that uses the uh, United States Police Department to profile uh, possible reincidents and to make a case that you will commit a crime, maybe based on your family, based on your preference, and what you do in your free time. There are 137 questions, something like, how often did you feel bored? How many times did you move in the last 12 months? Each question gives you uh, a score that if you are around seven or 10, they actually will find a way to get you addicted for something, even if you didn't do anything. Because Compass, the platform, use this data to tell the police this is a possible uh, crime. This will be a possible uh, reincident. So who is uh, getting a bigger impact in having a system completely designed by a bunch of American police, retirement police, as the main user focus group? Well, it was black people. Because the system, we can say, do we have racist algorithms? We can say it is the algorithm, but the people who, who program this, the people who run the first sessions, and who actually analyze this, uh, are putting their own bias on the data. So it is the same not having any data, that having a person and going and ask him, do you think this person is going to commit a crime? You only rely on what other people say and what is the experience of the police department. Uh, since the Compass thing started to roll out, and uh, this is a data from California, well, black people are seven times more likely to be convicted for something that they didn't commit, 3.5 times more likely to be convicted for sexual assaults, even if they weren't actually in the same city, and 12 times more for drug crimes. Uh, actually, it, right now, the algorithm has been under review for the United States Department, they still say that those questions, which is completely biased on um, not something that you will do in the near future, some questions like, if some of your family has committed a crime, you will be one of them. So we won't take any uh, responsibility on that. Let's just make a pre-arrestment uh, pre for you, and if you are not guilty, well, Sorry for that. We are not giving any compensation. So data problems are starting to have a bigger impact in our lives, and some people are starting to feel it. Um, 
But not everything is like the dark side of using data uh, for designing products. We have another example, which is the generative adversarial networks. Don't, don't bother in understanding that. I don't even understand what is adversarial thing. But this is a completely data-driven product that it is being used for cancer treatment to find a, uh, the right treatment for a new case study. It looks over a million research papers where different researchers starting to gather which um, molecules have cancer-fighting properties. This is a task that you can do if you have to read a million of papers you won't finish till you are uh, 70. So it's not possible for a human to, under to gather all this data. But what they do is to put the algorithm to read all those papers uh, the oncologists provide the first assessment on what is actually part of the uh, part of the case, and they complement this information to find a cancer treatment. This is a first step onto actually getting useful information in less than a week, um, which is in, when when it is in cancer treatment, every day counts. And it isn't possible without the right algorithm. Uh, what we found this as future samples is that we are using data as a proxy for behavior. We think that everything a user does online reflects something about them. But even ourselves, sometimes we click on videos that are not related to us. Sometimes we misclick something. Sometimes we, ha we don't have... Uh, we are not getting the same uh, information on Facebook, so sometimes we spend a lot of hours talking with people. Sometimes we don't even uh, open our browsers. So those things that we don't track are invisible for any algorithm. But what they can see it is only activity that you do with technology, and that it is what defines you as a person. Uh, somewhere along a database in New South Wales, you are a number, you're a citizen number 125, and you have specific properties. The user modeling that happens from data will define if you get access in the future to a specific, uh, a specific license to open a new uh, restaurant. Uh, any service that will run with data for you as a citizen uh, will run against certain rules. Uh, the human is completely outside of this picture. Now, when getting data into a new company, we can't just uh, hire uh, 10 new data scientists and two mathematicians to put algorithms into something. Companies, sometimes they don't even have any data, and sometimes they don't even need uh, a huge team to start getting useful insights on their process. So we define four steps that we describe to some clients, which is first, we have to select what is what you're trying to measure. Sometimes we get uh, questions like, I want to know why I'm not getting these sales in this region or some stuff. And we want to put that into what is information that you have and what is something that we can do with, with analytics. We can put efficiency metrics, productivity. We can also run tree scores. The most important thing here is that we create content based on what the customers told to us. If you want to find something, just tell me what is what you want, and we get into the details of 
how the mathematics behind this works, or how we can come up with a new algorithm for you. They have to do this in traditional focus group sessions, interviews. What is what you think data does for you? What is what your company will use this data? Or do you actually have the infrastructure to run on this? Then we have collection. For this, we can use lots of data for tracking user uh, behavior or inside the organization to track where all the information is going. We can measure the frequency, which is really good. If you have a measure for a week, that's a starting. But after one month, you can infer completely different stuff. Sometimes you need up to 10 years to understand that you did not require that much of tracking for users, or you didn't get anything useful for that. And you already spend a lot on tracking users all the time, and you already got in problems for doing this. And then the management. If you are collecting this data, where are you putting this? Is this Amazon Web Service? What sort of power you have over this data? If something happens to it and the user loses data, what are your responsibilities for this? You are the manager. So you have to take control over not only using data, but collecting it is a huge responsibility. Then we have the data analysis, which is the huge part that we spend most of uh, our time. Uh, the data you have collected are most raw, numerous, and extremely detailed. By this time, you only have a NetSell file with lots of rows, uh, lots of log system that doesn't make any sense, and they're not even in, this, in the right format, so you can't do too much about it. We can go two ways. We can use the deductive approach, which is after collecting data for one week. Is this something that sounds to you really reasonable? Stop the analysis and start to plan some actions. If after a week you, you started to collect data from 1,000 users and you found a trend, do not wait to measure a million users to find the same information. This is something I need research we do just to confirm that we have uh, a right measure. But actually, companies can't spend that much time to get something in return for using data algorithms. You have to make actions, and you have to make that uh, part of your sprint design process based on uh, static data from one week. Or you can be inductive, which is you create a new theory, you create something completely new around your organization that may become a new product. Sometimes the information will tell you that the product is not enough, that you have to spend to give users more options, or just you will start to lose customers after two or three years. If you wait for that thing to happen, you will lose an opportunity that you already knew since the first data collection. Now, for something less boring, let's see at this image. Just 50 seconds to identify as many characters that you think uh, you can recognize. Now, this is how noise will look like for a data scientist. Lots of random things that I don't know what it is. But if you start like putting attention in specific things, you start looking like something relevant. I don't know. The Simpsons. Uh, Captain America. 
While you are doing this analysis, you are ignoring everything else. And it is the same as if I show you this part, the image is still relevant, and you will still find lots of details inside this. This can be an analogy of a huge database that you don't have only with raw data. Now, how do you make sense of this? You need something that is understandable for everyone. What is more understandable than playing where is Waldo? So 50 seconds, if you find Waldo, please raise your hand. Do you recognize Waldo? It is red stripes with white. All right, well, here is the answer. Is this guy oh. there? <laughs> now, how I know that the same people are looking for the same stuff, they have a common objective, or they're doing it completely different? Some of you did this, right? It is a common writing. It is how English language works. It is uh, left to right. Or some of you starting to do this. And you start to map this image in lines, isn't it? It's the same as a computer. You, start, you can do this, or you can start putting special interest in some groups. Some of you maybe are starting to look like red things. Is this red? Is this white? Is this red and white? And if you find something red and it's not white, you just start looking somewhere else. <laughs> this is the sort, of, uh, the sort of thing that makes you understand that you can get insights from the small parts of your data, uh, uh, that your data, your data set, and you can find interesting stuff without having to look at the whole raw data. And the most important thing is that you must have one objective. You want to make it easy. Now, you can use your data to identify your actual pain points. Uh, usually companies are looking at our data to start seeing why are we losing money or some stuff, which is, uh, which is how uh, all techniques for data analysis used to work. Or you can use data to identify new opportunities. Data will tell you just the truth based on who did the analysis. And you can do whatever you want with that information. If you don't like it, well, that's the truth. We can run it again, and we will get the same results. And we get to explain this to people in high uh, positions that as many times that we run the algorithm, we can get different results. It is your data. This is what's happening. We can look at different things, and that will show you a different result. But that will make the problem disappear. So the thing that you can do is get your insights, plan something to do with it, and move on. Then make decisions. What are you going to do with this information? Everyone should be on board, but they are not going to be. Some people will disagree with the data. So that won't happen at all. So you can say, well, if data say it, the number never lie. We have to do it. Then you have to delegate actions. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to redesign the, the whole thing because you find a specific problem in some form. Make some people to take specific steps that were fits in the problem. 
and then collect more data. This is something that you have to do all the time. And you will hear it a lot in new um, design approaches. Data being an active participant on everything. Every iteration, you generate new data, do something with it, or you will waste your time later. Uh, finally, you have to facilitate communication with other people. People understand data in different levels, and their literacies are kind of limited based on their background. Some people don't have mathematics as a, something they do every day. Some people didn't get the actual treatment. They didn't like it. Or they understand uh, the same topic uh, different than you. It is your duty, you are running the process, to facilitate communication. What can we do for this? We can use a narrative approach. Data are just summaries of thousands of stories. Tell a few of those stories to help make the data meaningful. If you present me a chart and you never explain to me what it is, I won't get it. You can put it in a big screen, you can put it in an app, you can put it in a website, in HTML5 with a huge, uh, with a really good template, I won't get it. You have to create a narrative for this. The same way they use narrative for creating websites and storytelling, you can use it for create data visualizations. Dead to pie charts. Now, well, many reports still use um, Office option to create your own charts, and pie charts are really common to find in uh, corporate reports. Now, the first thing that we, that we did is to create a narrative on this. But some people understand that to improve this, I just have to make it look better. So I do it 3D. <laughs> Same information. Now it's way more complex. Why? Because humans are not able to comprehend angles. Why do you need angles when you're presenting 100% stuff? You want progress, but you have angles in your image. So you are creating something more complex because you don't want to spend two or more clicks on fixing labels. Maybe put the percents here. Or maybe explain in one sentence why this is relevant for me. We can create narratives, something like this. It's kind of the same information. But you just can't say what it is, what you want to show me, what is what you want me to get from it. You summarize your data, use two colors, and put my attention into this. And if I found it relevant, I will ask you about this. Now imagine having to see 100 of these things in a report. You will see two or three, and then you will see what's the difference with those. Oh, well, this is 200, the other one is 201. You have to exactly go to what you want me to see and put this, and it will help a lot than two or three pages explaining how we get this data. Sometimes I don't, I, I don't want to know where the data came from. Just tell me uh, a simplified version. Then we have this, same concept. You want a bar, you make it 3D, then you have groups. Now it's getting more complex. Because the groups do mean something. Do I have to make comparisons between groups? Maybe don't. Maybe I just want to see which one is bigger and which one is the lesser one. Same information, use the narrative. Just make a filter for that. Show me where is the most important thing to do. You're asking me for the top thing to say, to, to look at, just put it on the top. If I see this, 
I will look at the label, then the numbers, then the next thing I want to do. If I want to do something with this information, I go back to the chart, and maybe I want to see uh, which one is worse, or electronic arts. Use narrative to create useful visualizations. Whatever thing you're sending to someone else, if you don't get it, they won't get it. And if you're actually, it's hard for you to understand what you're trying to report, it's the same result. They won't get it. So just put a little bit of effort on uh, making these things better for everyone. Because after two years, if you go back to this visualization, they will still make sense to you. And you can show this around different groups, and they will get it. Even if they don't understand the statistics or what it is average, they will understand what you're trying to show me. Uh, the last part, some insights. Collaboration helps with bias and decentralized source of data. Collaboration is not only to leverage work around uh, your team. It is also to make the data make sense and be context aware. Different people can spot different things on the same data. Make it easy for everyone to understand, speak the same language. Not everyone has to understand every single term in your analytics. And analysis is never finished, only abandoned. This is a Leonardo da Vinci quote, but not in analysis. It was an art. You have to keep doing the analysis over the same data. You will find different things. We always end up seeing our reports from 10 years ago and find out that we have data on it, that we can have completely good measures over the same service. Um, finally, a commercial. You won't make the same mistake as me. We have two PhD positions. You want to go into research about design and research. We have on learning analytics. Uh, also, you want to go and learn to learning. And uh, if you want to study, uh, it is in Sydney, UTS. And you want any more information, you can ask me. And I can give you the details on yeah, how much money we're talking about, which is really important. <laughs> and that's it. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Design Research 2018. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.